Porch, how we doing? Let's go. Let's go. So good to be with you. Br brilliant video, by the way. Brilliant video. Uh, man, let's give those guys a hand. Just the Porch Arts team, Team Landscape. If we don't know each other, uh, I got to spend, um, I guess, a little over a decade up here just kind of having a front row seat, learning about young adults, a very passionate about the topic of relationships. Made a ton of mistakes. I'm going to share some of those with you today. Still make mistakes on occasions. I'll share some of those with you today. But I want to take you back to me in my sophomore year in high school. I'm in anatomy class, all right? Anatomy and physiology. Anybody take anatomy? Okay. I was failing. I desperately needed to pass this class to graduate, uh, or I'd have to take it again the next year. Had a huge crush on this girl. I'm going to change her name, okay, to protect the innocent. Kelly, we'll call her. Huge crush on Kelly, all right? Uh, the sun would come in through the window, hit her just right. Her blonde hair, like everything was just in place. Like there were no crazy wispies, you know. It was just like everything. And she would sometimes like kind of throw it back and it would throw this scent in my nose. She just smelled good, you know. She always had style. And every now and then she'd like turn around. Uh, I'm, I'm two rows behind her. She has these huge dimples, you know. And I'd catch a glimpse of that smile. It made me just feel all kinds of, of crazy ways. I'm failing uh, the class because I'm studying the wrong anatomy. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so here's what's going to happen. There is a big project. And I need to get an A on this project to pass the class. It's all coming down to this moment. And the teacher is pairing people up, a guy with a girl. A guy with a girl, a guy with a girl. So I become very religious, and I start, Lord in heaven, God, <laughs> please put me with Kelly. God, please, like if you can hear me, put me, partner us up. May she be my partner. Lord, would you please do that teacher, Miss Peruthi, starts going around the room, you know, uh, uh, Jennifer and Sean, uh, Kimberly and Travis, uh, Kelly, and I'm like, and Jonathan, and Jonathan, and Jonathan, that's my real name, and Jonathan, and she says, and Jonathan. Like, this is the story we're going to tell people. That's what I'm thinking. You know, they're going to be like, how did y'all meet when our, you know, two kids, Tyler and, you know, a cool girl's name. <laughs> uh, when we're just hanging, they'll be like, how did you meet? I'd be like, well, we, we're in anatomy class, you know. And so there we are. We're partnered up. This is awesome. And here's the problem. I didn't consider the assignment didn't know the assignment. We were going to be dissecting frogs. And we were going to be graded on our partner's participation, how we got to share responsibilities. Now, I knew how Kelly's hair smelled. I knew about her dimples. I knew about her style. Uh, I didn't know that she didn't like frogs. She didn't want to touch any kind of frogs, especially the dead ones. She didn't want to get frog juice on her, right? 
And here's what that meant is when we kind of partnered up and, and we got the scalpel and we stood at the table, uh, she didn't want anything to do with it. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I need you to be really, really good at this. And she's like, that's too bad. I'm not touching that thing. And so I failed the class. I want to ask you two questions up front. Why did I fail the class? Because I didn't understand the assignment. On what criteria did I want Kelly to be my partner for the assignment? What was she bringing to the table? What would you say? She was pretty. That, that was the skills and capabilities that she had there in anatomy class. She was pretty. And I'm here to tell you that her beauty did not benefit me at all when it comes to dissecting a frog or the assignment that was in front of us. And I think when it comes to marriage that men do not consider the assignment when they're choosing a partner. I believe this is one of the biggest problems in dating today, that we have been brainwashed to look for the wrong things, okay? I get it. You want her to look like Zendaya or Kendall Jenner, uh, have Sadie's faith and Taylor's game, right? And, and you uh, want her to work out and be fit, but not be able to beat you in pig, right? And, and so you have all of this criteria. You want her to have style, but, but not kind of out, you know, to look good at the party with you. You want your boys to be jealous that you're with her, and if you were honest, your number one criteria, even in those of you that, that have studied the scripture, you've memorized some Bible, you go to church, you're a member, you're in a small group, your number one criteria is how she looks. It's not serving you well. I was enslaved to pornography. Enslaved to it. I would take off work to look at porn. I am here to tell you that that epidemic is bleeding throughout the culture and ruining your marriage long before you even met your girlfriend, long before you've even met the prospect. And you continue to move through that. You struggle with porn and masturbation. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, how long have I been struggling with this? Oh, it's been since the fifth grade and I've not done anything about it. And so we're in this series, his and hers. And in today, I want to talk, tonight I want to talk with you about his pursuit of a wife. The message is what to look for, guys. The message is who to be, ladies. Now, right when I say that, who to be, ladies. Shame, guilt, oh, here we go, eye roll, you know. This is, you know, Proverbs 31. <laughs> Calm down. I know. I heard you. All right. Calm down. Take a deep breath. I've got no agenda. Whoever finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord, Proverbs 18. Men, if you're here and you desire a wife, I want you to find what is good. I'm, I'm, I, it's not arrogance. I hope it's not. I, I hope I can stand before you in all humility. I care deeply about you. I'm so sick of doing marriage counseling. 
I'm, I'm so sick of talking someone through divorce. I'm, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a simple guy, okay? I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I have seen a lot of relationships. I've seen what works. I've seen what doesn't. I've seen, I've studied a culture. I've seen where we move, I, I, where we're moving. I've had the opportunity to write a book on this, okay? I've, I've arranged couples. I've done more marriages than I, more weddings than I can count. Like that's who's talking to you. I'm not saying that to boast. I'm just saying, listen, and by the way, I, I, for the last, you know, 20 something years, I've been a student of this book and I have found it just proven perfectly when it comes to relationships. You do what it says, you are blessed. You go against what it says, it doesn't go well for you. Time and time and time and time again, test me. I'll be right here afterwards. And I don't mean this arrogantly. I'm not picking a fight with you. I'm just saying I'll be right here afterwards. If I'm wrong about any of that, you come right here, show me. I'll stop saying it. I'll stop saying it. But if you find something true in here, because some of you, you got an attitude, and it's, it's just going to keep you single. And then all of a sudden you act like you don't want marriage. Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't even need that. I don't even need no guy. It's like, well, that's good. That's going to work out for you. <laughs> you know? And I, my, my only heart is to help you. Okay, I'm not the bad guy. So when I say something and it sounds old-fashioned, hang in there with me. Get, be patient with me. Let, me. let me explain it. I am indeed going to be in your favorite chapter of Proverbs 31. <laughs> uh, if I'm, when I was your age, and I'm always hesitant to tell too much of my story. I mean, like, I'll tell you anything, but I think people are going to be like, well, it worked out for you. You don't understand the scars. You don't understand the pain. You don't understand the sleepless nights. You don't understand the anxiety. You don't understand the road to this point. Okay, uh, when I was your age, I, I was so enslaved to pornography that I wanted someone to look like, that looked like a porn star. Because I thought, I was just so dumb that I thought marriage was about sex, and I thought sex was better with an attractive person. Now, some of you are going to be thinking about that for the rest of the time, you know. Is, is it better than with attractive? Uh, come back with me. Um, here's the problem. In marriage, you're going to, if you have a healthy, thriving sex life, a healthy, thriving, like better than average sex life, you're going to have sex 0.6% of the time. That's 0.6% of the time. Okay, so you better be really good at the other 994 percent stuff okay yeah preach it you got to be really really good at that stuff okay so let's dive in I'm going to be in Proverbs 31 let me set this up as you guys think about who you're looking for I just see so much paralysis by analysis you're you have this fear of missing out well what if I pass up you know what what if I if I if I commit myself to her and then someone else better comes along someone else better will come along there's always someone prettier, someone nicer, someone kinder, someone who likes you more. You're always going to meet that person. You're not trying to find the best person. You're trying to find a godly person, a God-fearing person, someone who God has her heart. And I'm just telling you if, you, can, if you can flip that switch in your mind, it's going to serve you very well. Proverbs 31 was not written to women, contrary to popular belief. It was written to men. Anyone know who wrote it? Huh? Heard Solomon. What? King Lemuel. King Lemuel is a popular 
answer. I thought that for a long time. Did you know we have no historical evidence of a king named Lemuel? That that name means devoted to God, which means these words that you're about to read were spoken probably by Solomon's mom, who is a character that you may have heard of named Bathsheba. Okay, Proverbs 31 is a poem. It's an acrostic. It's the, there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so as you work down the line, every sentence starts with the first Hebrew letter, like A is for apple, as, as an example. That's the kind of poem that Proverbs 31 is. And it's to teach you, when we start here in verse 10, it's to instruct a guy of what the golden standard of a woman is. Now, ladies, listen, because I'm going to say this a few times, because afterwards you're going to say, I didn't say it enough. It, it's not all non-negotiables. It's okay. Like if some of them, you're like, oh, I fall short there. That's okay. That's okay. God is still good. It doesn't mean that you're cursed and, and you know, no one's ever going to find you. That's not what that means. There may be some things that I say, that you go, oh, I can work on that. Oh, yeah, I bet I can get better at that. Oh, I, there might be some areas for improvement. There's really only two non-negotiables today, and the first one is for the guys, so I'm going to give you six points. It's a note-taker sermon. Write these down, okay? Six things to look for uh, in a wife. Six things to be as a wife or a prospect of a wife. And the first one is actually for the guys, and that will make more sense in a minute. The promise of this text, you find this woman, it says, uh, for guys, it says this, verse 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Ladies, free advice, men want to feel respected. That's universal across the board. It's the way God made us. We, we have this deep desire to feel respected. And then for the ladies, it says in verse 28, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Men, women want to be cherished. There's a deep desire in them. God placed it there for them to be treated like a princess, for you to love them and cherish them and bless them and honor them and keep them. And that is the offering of this text, if you can understand it. But the problem is, guys, we don't know what we're looking for. And most people in marriage, and I've done this study and I've done survey after survey after survey after survey of tens of thousands of people, most people are looking for a feeling. I want to meet someone who makes me feel special. And at the root of that is narcissism, and it's not working out for us as a culture as people are getting married later, people are getting married less, and marriages aren't lasting. And I just want to help you from the scripture. So six qualities to look for. I'll start in verse 10. It says this. A wife of noble character, who can find she is worth far more than rubies? Uh, where it says noble character, it means a capable wife. And where it says who can find there, guys, this is really important. You're to find her, which means how do you find something? You have to look for them. So some of you think you're playing PlayStation 5. She's going to fall through the roof on your lap because you got a really healthy prayer life. And that's not how it works. you got to shoot your shot. You, you have to say, hey... Would you like to go on a date with me? Okay, that you, you can use those words. It removes all the confusion. I think you are really interesting. All right, I've observed you from afar, not in the stalker kind of way. 
and I would like to take you on a date. And so you can say yes, no, or let me think about it, but there is the proposition. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. The, it's speaking to her worth and to her value. So guys, this first one of the six, this one is yours. The rest are for the ladies. This one is yours. You shouldn't even start looking for a wife until you view women as priceless. Like until you rightfully understand their value, you should not even begin to look for a wife. Porn is going to tell you they're worthless. They're a sex toy for your pleasure. Look at a two-dimensional image and have your way from this buffet or this hub of all kinds of dark desires that are ruining you. And it is a worship of Satan. And I'm begging you to stop. It is, it is amazing. Consider this. What if all the people in here and women, it's a women problem too. What if you walk through those doors in just a minute and you never look at porn again? What if the only pair of breasts you see until you're face to face with Jesus are your wives? What, what if you never even watch a movie again with nudity? You take it that serious. You can do that. It is available to you. I've done it. I've, I've gotten there, okay? I've fought vigilantly. I went from every single day to that, like, done behind me. When I'm tempted, I confess, I ask for a prayer. If I see something I shouldn't, I'm watching a movie, comes across, hey, guys, here's what just happened. Would you pray for me? Would you help me? Guys, it's available to you. You can do it. I know you're like, I can't. I'm struggling. How are you struggling? How do you look at porn on my phone? Where's your phone? It's in my pocket. You hadn't even begun to struggle. You're carrying with it in your pocket. Euphoria is not going to help you see her as priceless. You taking dating advice from Post Malone, not going to help you see her as priceless. Stop it. Please. Please. First Thessalonians 4 says this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And that is a stern warning from the scripture. Holy Spirit, preserve that for you tonight. It's ironic that I would be teaching this to you today. Didn't sleep well last night. Don't feel real well, if I'm honest. Uh, got in a conversation with Monica. That's my wife. We've been married 18 years, right before bed. And it's been a really busy season, really hectic, a little chaotic. And she just said this to me, and it really crushed me, honestly. She said, hey, I don't feel super valued by you right now. And I just thought, oh, really, all night, <laughs> I mean, at three in the morning, I was thinking, wait, what have I done? Like, I'm going to tell all of these young adults that, that they're to view women as priceless. And my wife is telling me she doesn't feel valued. I've got to change this. And um, I asked her forgiveness. And you guys can pray for us. She would feel that I would make her feel priceless. Verse 13. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Flax is 
used to make linen. Eager hands mean she enjoys her work. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. Now she's setting the table for the family. It's not hamburger helper. Like she's, she's done work. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She's able to assess the needs and meet the needs. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She's got big arms. Put that on the list. <laughs> she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers as something you would use to make clothes. And then verse 24 says, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. Girl boss, man. I mean, truly, she's corporate. I mean, she's doing stuff right here. My second point is she's resourceful. Okay, you want to look for someone who is resourceful. I'm not saying that she has more than 3,000 followers and she's super fun. Uh, I'm saying that she can figure out how to feed a family with an empty pantry. Okay, she, she looks at a challenge and she meets it. Genesis 2 says you're looking for a helper, that God made women to help men. And women thinks that's really chauvinistic. I think it's pretty insulting to men because it says we need help. And that word helper, as you are offended, be careful, because that word azer in the Hebrew is the same word used to describe the Holy Spirit. It's the same word for God. God is our helper. So it's not an insult at all. It's actually a compliment that you would come alongside somebody and, and you would not complete them but compliment them. Here's the truth, friends. Marriage is much more pragmatic than you ever want to admit. It's two people partnering together in life because life is hard. And, and it's easier when you have a partner that's good at things that you're not good at. And that's why I say this, that, you know, the, 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 much of the rest of the list until we get to the last one, they're not necessary. Like if you're like, hey, I'm not very good at this, great, find someone who is. So you guys can complement each other. Um, she's solving problem here. She's on it. She's a room mom. She's making clothes. She's planting. She's cooking. She's trading. She's selling. I'm not saying that you have to marry Susie Homemaker. But I am saying you want to audit what am I bringing to the table and I want to make sure that if I don't have it, that I find someone with it so that we can complement each other in this. Uh, in our marriage, neither of us really like to cook, you know. And so this is where we find ourselves 18 years in. Um, I'm no chef, you know, and, uh, and, and she's, not the, she's great at a lot of things. Um, <laughs> That's just not one of them. And, and so we eat out a lot. And that, that we need to go in eyes wide open understanding this is the lot that we have for ourselves. Or we need to take some cooking classes, uh, which we haven't done yet. So she makes sure the needs of her family are met. Does she like kids? How do you know? I mean, does she serve in children's ministry? Does she, like, want to keep your sister's kids? Or is she like, no, I don't really want a family? Because sometimes that can be a sign of selfishness. I don't want anyone to put me out. No, it's like, hey, I don't really want a family because I want to be the best aunt ever. That's different. I don't want to be 
Uh, I don't, I don't want a family because I want to use our home as a foster house. Oh, man, that's way different. I, I don't want my own family because we're just going to create this discipleship hub in the community. That's amazing. I, I don't want my own family because I want to be a dog mom. That's eh, different. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, and so you want to be aware because here you say, well, do I have to want kids? You have to view kids as a blessing. That's Psalm 127. Children are a blessing from the Lord. That's what the scripture says. If the scripture is authoritative in your life, so much of marriage is about discipleship in the home. And I think we think of marriage like, oh, I got someone fun to go to Paris with, David. Um, <laughs> just kidding, dude, just kidding. And no, but, but marriage is so much about discipleship. And so you, you want to go in eyes wide open. You want to understand the assignment. I, I've got a job. Um, I've had different jobs, corporate America, worked for AT&T. Uh, I've sold different things uh, along the way. I, I've, you know, uh, served with the porch ministry. I've served in this church, and then I have the privilege of pastoring a church. Some would say my job is hard, lots of travel, you know, hearing people's problems, those kinds of things. Here's the deal. Uh, my wife, she works in the home as a mom, um, she takes the kids to school. Right now, she just picked one up from a basketball game. I saw that text right before I walked up. Uh, I don't want to trade her, not at all. Like, her job is so much harder than mine. In fact, sometimes, like, every now and then she'll travel, and I'll have to do her job. Like, I become this overnight Uber driver, and, uh, and I'm trying to figure it out. And I write my letter of resignation before noon, but then I don't have anyone to give it to. And so it's, it's hard work. And if you don't like hard work, you're not going to like marriage because it's hard work. You're like, well, being single is hard. Being married is probably harder. You're like, well, you don't know. You weren't single. What? <laughs> I wasn't. I, I indeed was single as a young adult in Dallas, Texas. Absolutely, I was. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy, verse 20. It shows her compassion, number three. She's empathetic. Um, she's not bossy with an attitude. You know, some guys are like looking for that, which is weird. Like, I want a diva, you know. Where's the gentle and quiet spirit in that? You know, it's like, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's a strange day we live in. Like, no, oh, I want someone who's super bossy. All right, that's weird. <laughs> Does she text encouraging things to people when they need it? Does she write notes? Does she give to those in need? Does she serve? Is she always looking to serve? That, that word serve is really important. Genesis 24, when Abraham sends Eleazar to find a wife for his son, uh, Eleazar goes to look like, this is how they did in the olden days. They would just be like, hey, go find me a wife. He's like, well, what if there's no chemistry? We'll figure it out. He's like, hey, go find him a wife. Goes where all of the people go to serve, the well. And God says to him, Find the one who will get you water, which was hard in that day. You have to hike all the way down the well, back up, and then give water to your camels. Find the person who serves. And some of you are like, oh, that's chauvinistic. You're saying that I have to be a servant. No, I'm saying Jesus was the chief servant again. You get to carry the character traits of God. And in Ephesians 5, it says the man's job is to sacrifice, that he's to die, to die for you. So if your husband, future husband ever says, see, the Bible says you're to submit to me, just elbow him back. He says, well, the Bible says you're to die. <laughs> My bride's super sensitive to the needs of others. It's her superpower. She walks into a room, finds the most vulnerable person, moves to them, and meets their needs. Sometimes it's the elderly. Sometimes it's a baby. 
sometimes it's a sick person. She has no regard, no fear of getting sick herself. She will go. She will hug them. She will love them. She will make soup for them. Like this is who she is. It's amazing to watch her do it. One of the biggest challenges actually in our marriage, truly, the the biggest fights we've had have been because uh, about six years ago, we got a Labradoodle for Christmas. And uh, she cares so much for that dog. I mean, she wants the, the water to be a comfortable temperature. So she'll put ice cubes in it. Yeah, that's my bride. And uh, she doesn't want her to be lonely, so she'll leave the TV on. You know, um, uh, so, right, this is, she cares deeply for the comfort of this animal. And it drives me crazy, but I'm so thankful for that character trait because I see it when our kids are sick all night. And it, it costs her nothing to go without sleep to care for those children, to do whatever it takes to make sure everyone in our home is comfortable. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Uh, This is something about aesthetics here because it's talking about um, she's clothed in scarlet, she covers her bed, She's clothed in fine linen and purple. These were like really expensive colors. And so I would say number four from the scripture, and it's kind of a strange one. She's tasteful. She's tasteful. I'm not saying like she has $600 shoes and lip injections, like Instafiller. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying she makes things pretty, which is just a fact. Guys, when you get married, like right now, here's the weird thing. Right now on your bed, there is one pillow. Okay, maybe, maybe you're one of those dudes, you got two, right? On my bed right now, I've got 11 pillows. My pillows have pillows. I've got pillows for pillows, right? Like you, you may have a mat in front of your door. I've got rugs stacked on top of rugs. I got rugs rugging rugs. Like I don't even know what the rug underneath is doing, right? But there's just something about the aesthetics that that my wife brings to the table. And so ladies, you know we need help here, right? Because you've been in his apartment and you're like, oh, can I, do you mind if I use the restroom? And you walk in and then you walk out because you're like, what is that science experiment in there? You're growing mold and, and you pull out dishes out of the cabinet and you're like, have you washed these? And he's like, yeah, I wiped them off. And you're like, no, but in the dishwasher, like hot water? And he's like, oh, is that necessary, right? And, and so we, we need some help in this area. But right about now, some of you, you ladies are like, well, actually, I'm really dirty. Oh, no, he's going to call me out. We know you're here. And, um, <laughs> and I would just say, that's fine. But you're probably going to want to find somebody who's clean, you know. Otherwise, no one's going to come see you guys. Again, not all non-negotiables, suggestions, things to consider. Um, we just built a house. A- everyone walks in our home, the second home we built, everyone walks in and says, hey, Monica, did you get to pick out all this stuff? Here's the truth. I care about that way more than she does. And so sometimes it's, it's just different. And so, like, the only degree I have is in art. Like, I just, I care about the aesthetics. And, uh, and so you, that's okay. Like, you can... You can play those different roles in your marriage. It's not a sin. Verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread 
of idleness. She's not lazy. She doesn't eat the bread of idleness. There's this preparedness in this text. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Number five, she's thoughtful. Webster's defined this word as giving careful consideration to opportunities. She is thoughtful. Her, her, if her primary concern is self-care, right, she might be selfish. If she's constantly thinking about the next Manny and Patty over who else she can care for, I don't know that she's going to be the best wife for you. But the problem is you're like, but I really like her fingernails shiny. And that's cool, all right, but you want to give careful consideration to is she thoughtful, right? And, and so if, if you're not um, you're prepared, if you're not thoughtful, you're here, you're a woman, you're like, hey, that's just not my gift, I'm artsy, you know, uh, that's fine, but you're probably going to want to find a guy who is, or your bills aren't going to get paid, and your electricity gets turned off, and your home gets foreclosed on, and you're like, he was right, I should have found somebody who was thoughtful, and she, she needs to plan well, not, not OCD, it's okay if she's spontaneous, Enneagram 7s can make good wives, right, yeah, she's here, uh, I, I'm, I'm just saying um, and, and here's the good news, lady. Let me tell you something crazy. Let me tell you crazy. I'm an Enneagram 7, by the way. Uh, yeah, me and you. And um, <laughs> you can grow through this. Like, it, it is a learned skill. Like, the Holy Spirit can produce this in your life. Like, you can become less self-centered, more others-focused. Um, you can even grow in your ability to plan. Like, I, this season's been crazy. So in the last five weeks, we've gone to four weddings uh, I just got back from Colorado. I, 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 I didn't even unpack the bag. I just threw in some, an extra sweatshirt, turned around, got back in the truck, drove up here to Dallas. It's just, it's just been a whirlwind. And I'm not the best planner. I, I, I may be the worst on the face of the earth. And, and on our island, in our kitchen, is a calendar, an old school one with, like, boxes and numbers. And beside the calendar is a... Um, thing of markers, uh, six of them. They're all different colors. And my wife does work on that calendar every single night. She stands there at the island and she just starts crossing stuff out and adding stuff. And she's doing calculus over there. I don't know what it is. But it's greens and blues and purples and oranges and everything's color-coded. And, and she makes sure all the planes land on time. And like she, she's like, hey, don't forget, porch tomorrow. You need to be there by this time, you know. Hey, you're going to stay here and then you're going to come back. And this is super helpful to me. And people are like, does your wife work? I'm like, absolutely, more than I do. Absolutely she does. Verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You guys care so much about chemistry and beauty. How does the scripture value beauty? You've got to answer that question in your heart. And then maybe say, man, what if I'm off? Because I know, I know I, man, I, you understand, I've had these conversations like, literally hundreds of times like well wait is it not important and I don't understand and I'm am I supposed to take one for the team like you know and uh, <laughs> and I would just say yeah like it, it can be important like here, here's an example this is kind of a sermon within a sermon right think about your hand everybody give me a hand right here just put up a hand this will be helpful to you okay you're looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with here's some things to consider your thumb it's an opposable thumb can't pick something up without it, all right? It, it sits on the other side of these fingers, so you want someone complimentary 
like someone who compliments you, like someone who has gifts where you don't and you have gifts where they don't. Does that make sense? Like your thumb. Okay, your pointer finger. This is like how you give direction. You want someone going the same direction as you. All right, you're, you're both running hard after Jesus together. You're equally yoked. Okay, uh, this middle finger, this is something you can communicate something with <laughs> really fast. All right, communication is important in marriage. All right, communication really matters. You want someone that you communicate with. This ring finger, this is your finger of commitment, commitment. You want someone who's committed to you. They're not going to go outside the marriage. Uh, this, this pinky, it's attractive. You want someone you're attracted to, okay? Now, pinky's important. Like, I'd rather not go through life without it. But, I mean, if i got to lose a finger, you know, take the pinky, right? And, and so it, there's a place for it. It's just not first, second, third, or fourth place, all right? And, and so many of you guys have put it at first place. And, and it's why the divorce rate's what it is. It's why your marriage satisfaction rate is what it is. Guys, I'm trying to help you guys. Okay, there's a place for it, but it's just not first, second, third, or fourth place, right? The, the most beautiful girl you know may be a miserable wife, and, and the 17th most beautiful girl you know may be the best wife ever. Pay attention. Look for her. Number six is she yielded to God. Is she yielded to God, meaning does everything in her life stop as she fears the Lord? She, she's a woman who fears the Lord. She is to be praised. Ladies, you may be uh, feeling beat down right about now, and I would just say this one is the only non-negotiable for you. Actually, if the Holy Spirit comes in your life, he can produce some of those other things. You have to have this one. This is the non-negotiable. Your life has to be yielded to God. When I met my wife, neither one of us were following Jesus, and, and we were both miserable at these list of things. Neither of us, we were both self-centered. We, we would have made miserable spouses. What happened is I stumbled into this place. I was at a, I was at a club in Dallas 20 years ago, Someone invited me to Watermark. I sat in the back row hungover, smelled like smoke from the night before, and I ended up surrendering my life to Jesus. Here's what that means. I looked at the cross, and I thought, oh, that was a payment for my sins. He paid for my porn addiction. I don't have to suffer in eternity for my porn addiction. He paid for my alcoholism. I don't have to suffer in eternity for my He paid for my drug use. I don't have to suffer. He paid for my materialism. That's, that's the gospel. And I realized he went in the grave and in an event that the whole world acknowledges, he showed back up to life. And this carpenter born in Nazareth, or born in Bethlehem, lived in Nazareth, became the single most polarizing character in the history of history. Every atheist you know acknowledges him by the date they put on their checks. 2,022 years ago, he was born. He reset the calendar. And when Monica and I gave our lives to that reality, the Holy Spirit, God himself, came and lived within us and began to produce fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so you understand, like, this is the most important thing. Are you, and you know if you are or not, like, you, you know how worldly you are. You know what your struggles are. Are you yielded to God? And if you're not, right now can be that, that moment where you just say, God, I know that you died for my sins. I know that you raised from the dead. I surrender my life to you right now. Would you send your Holy Spirit in me to produce these things that I cannot produce on my own? Can't leave here and, and by my bootstraps just produce this by my own grit. I need your help, Holy Spirit. And he will do it. I've seen him do it. I, I know he, he can do it. I did an arranged marriage very controversial evidently 
I don't know why uh, it was controversial, but I did one. I wrote a book on dating, and um, it's a part of that. I'm, I've always been a fan of arranged marriages because they're biblical. And uh, I just said, hey, I'm an arranged marriage. And so we, that's a true story. I know some of you are like, what, is he crazy? No, I really did. Uh, I'm not joking. It's not a joke. Uh, we had, um, you know, well over 1,000 applicants, and um, we put together a team to go through those applicants. And I, I just want to let you in on how we did it, Okay. Uh, we tried to find the most godly guy and the most godly girl. That's all we did. We didn't care what they looked like. We didn't care what they did. Like, that was it. It was just like who, based on these questions, then we interviewed friends and their families as we kind of narrowed it down. We tried to find the most godly guy and the most godly girl. And we did. And I told them to come over. They, They met at my house in my living room. They each brought their friends with them, which was really cool. And then... Uh, you know, she lived in Houston, he lived in Del Rio, he's in the Air Force. There were a lot of things working against them. But as they realized that the Holy Spirit was at work in their life, they got married. True story. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like they're happily married right now. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And, and so it just kind of like, what it does is solidify things I've been saying for a really long time. What, am I just supposed to marry the most godliest person I know? Sure. Yeah, do that. You would be so much better off than marrying the hottest person you know. Okay, the richest person you know. The smartest person you know. You will win every time, 10 for 10, out of any of that other stuff. Isn't that mind-blowing? Wait, hold on. What did he say? I said, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Because that's what the scripture said. I want to redefine what is pretty. I want to redefine what is pretty. Do you see her in summary? Do you see her as priceless, guys? Is she resourceful? Is she empathetic? Is she tasteful? Is she thoughtful? Is she yielded to God? Okay. Can we redefine what is pretty? <laughs> High school's funny. You get to see where people end up. Kelly, she married a guy who wasn't a Christian. Kind of followed along through Facebook, you know. Um, They've struggled in life. It's been hard. It's been a tough go. I think about who I didn't want to be with. Jennifer was in there. I changed her name too. Um, she had acne. She's a little overweight. She kind of dressed frumpy clothes, you know. She's smart. She understood the assignment. Whoever partnered with Jennifer won. Okay, they got, they got an A. They, she passed. She, I think she was salutatorian, actually. Um, I've got to see where she goes in life. She actually found a guy who loves Jesus. They got married. The Holy Spirit's at work in their life. Lots of happiness in their home. Lots of love. Lots of joy. Lots of peace. Lots of patience. Lots of goodness. Lots of faithfulness and lots of self-control. Gentlemen, I've been saying this 
for 15 years. And I'm not going to stop and I'm going to say it again tonight. Because I've seen it serve people really well. It's the truth. If you're here and you love Jesus, man, if you're doing well, you're, you're walking in purity, you're praying, you're reading the Bible, you're in community, you're doing life with other people, you're a member of a church, you're serving, if that's you, and you desire marriage. If you don't desire marriage, no problem. You'll be single for the sake of the kingdom. That's, that's amazing. Amazing. If you desire marriage, I want you to think of the godliest girl you know. And I want you to marry her. I'm kidding. No, marry her. Uh, I, how about we start with, how about we start with asking her out? And so here's the words. I'm going to give them to you because you'll get nervous. You can write them down if you want. Will you go on a date with me? Okay. And, and you can even use me if you want. Like, I, I don't mind being that guy. You can say, hey, uh, so JP at the porch said I'm supposed to ask you out. It's fine. Like, you can totally run that game. That's all good, you know. Yeah, so my pastor uh, said that I'm supposed to take you on a date and uh, just see how it goes. Ladies, if a God-fearing man asks you out, go to coffee with him. If you don't want to go again, that's okay. Tell him why. Use words. Be specific. Say, hey, I, um, as I'm seeking a husband, um, you're not what I'm looking for. But I'm thankful and just honor him, be respectful. But you can use words. We can be adults. It's okay. You know? And so that's my prayer for you. I pray that it would happen. I'm not trying to create insecurities like ladies will leave here. Like nobody asked you out. You're like, I must not be godly. It's not what it means. It's not what it means. God sees you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's with you. He's for you. He's got you. Okay? Pray, don't obsess, continue to work on these things. Ask the Holy Spirit to work on these things in you. Um, and my prayer is it'll go well for you. Let me pray that it would. Lord, would you just, if nothing else, help us to surrender to the truth of who you are and what you did for us through your son. We love you and we're thankful that you love us. And there is an epidemic among us where we obsess with the pretty. Um, would you help us to define it, redefine it in a way that honors you? Thank you for this text that um, you've preserved that is helpful, written not for women, but for men to know what the golden standard is of what you would have for us. We love you, God. And we praise you, God. And we ask this in all things in the name of your Son, Jesus.